everyone, it's Leah with Legends of Tabletop. Today, I am excited to share with you yet another panel I got to record at my local library's writers conference. This time, author Annie Ward presents a segment titled The Door into Darkness, and it's all about creating negative character arcs. This was a really fun panel to attend, and I hope you enjoy it too. Have fun. Okay. All right. So we have writers in the room. Okay. That's good for me to know. And then the rest of you, um, maybe writing but not doing piano or just interested in reading. Okay. Let me know what kind of crowd we have. Um, so before we get started, I would just like to thank you all for coming. Um, I feel like this is going to be fun because you know that when you get a group of people who are willing to come out on a Friday afternoon to talk about crazies and villains, <laughs> that you probably have the most interesting people in the, the conference. So I'm just really glad to have you all. I, I like scary. I like to talk about bad people. I'm not a bad person, contrary to what you might think if you read my book. Um, so uh, the first thing I want to mention, I'm not going to plug my book too much, uh, but I do think it's important to let you know who I am and why I'm doing this particular seminar. Um, so this is my book, Beautiful Bad, and it was published by Harper Collins this year in March. And we sold it in 16 territories, and if the when the class is over, if you'd like to see some of the foreign covers, there's some that are even scarier than this one. So I've got a few in my bag over there that I can show you. Um, we've also optioned the film rights to Warner Brothers. Um, so that, those are the, a couple of fun facts. It is on Audible, yes. And it's, it's narrated by three different people, which I found completely weird. <laughs> you like that? I thought, yeah, I thought it was a little unusual. <clears throat> anyway, it's a psychological thriller. And the only thing that you really need to know for this class today is that the book relies very heavily on a character who goes through a negative character arc. So that means, and now, is there anybody here who has a problem with spoilers? Like, they want to read the book and they don't want me to say anything. No. Okay, because I've had problems with people who get really mad in the past. All right, instead of just using character and protagonist, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Um, the book is basically um, about a character who starts off very relatable, sympathetic, extremely likable, and over the course of the book, you discover that you never knew this person at all, and that they are actually unstable, violent, um, and really a monster. Okay, so it's out there. I've told you what the book is about. Um, and the thing is, I have to admit to you that writing these kinds of stories, oh, you've got one, I saw somebody new come in. Okay, you know what, can we just, I'm gonna give a couple to you if anyone comes in you just hand them out. Writing stories about evil people is not always um, is not always fun. Sometimes it can be hard. Um, I feel like when I was writing my book, I would sometimes go to bed feeling a little bit ashamed because I'd written a character that I had built up only to knock them down. On the other hand, I knew that I wanted to write a book that had a negative character arc in it because I wanted to write something that challenged stereotypes about what looks dangerous, what is dangerous, and what really makes a monster. Um, and so 
I made the decision to write a book with a negative character arc in it. And um, it's not warm and fuzzy, but tragedies have been around for a long time and they're around for a reason because they teach us about ourselves and about our society and they help to unmask ugliness. And I think they help us to be better people. And also, some of us just like reading about really good villains who are smart and get away with it. So um, let's start with the very, very basics. Um, who can tell me, like, I've got a super simple definition of what is a negative character arc, but if anyone wants to give it a shot first, I'd, I'd be happy to listen. No? Okay, so the simplest definition of a negative character arc is a story about a person who ends up in a worse place than where they started and probably drags people down with them. So you've got a tragedy right there. That's Shakespeare, that's the Greek tragedies. Um, you can't really, even though this class is about <clears throat> the negative character arc, you can't really talk about the negative character arc without defining the positive character arc. Um, would anyone like to tell me about the positive character arc? Because it's, it's, it's much more popular. Anybody? Someone who starts at a lower place and sends to a higher. I think usually a full circle, happy. Well, uh, um, Dickens' uh, Christmas Carol. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, I just watched that yesterday. Yes, that's, like, that's, like <laughs> that's a great example. Best example of a yeah. perfect example. Yeah. Would it be accurate to say that a positive is a character learning to control their flaws, and a negative is uh, the flaws controlling the character? Mm. Yes. Really nice. I love that. Um, the way that I like to put it is that positive character arc is kind of the story that you see almost every day. They're uplifting, they're inspiring, um, they're the kind of thing that you want to go maybe see on, you know, with, with a date and go to dinner afterwards. It's usually some normal person is just kind of going about their business and some giant challenge arises and they think, I'm not good enough to address this challenge, I can't overcome this obstacle, and they falter, and they go into their inner cave, you know, if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell. But then, they pick themselves up by the bootstraps, and they conquer all, and they make everyone happy, and it's cheers, and it's yay, right? That's the positive arc. Well, let's forget about that for today, <laughs> because we're going to go the opposite direction. Um, which brings me to an important question, is when you talk about a negative character arc, you're talking about characters that instead of inspiring us, sometimes horrify us. And so there must be something that draws you to the darkness in some of these characters. I know what it is for me, but I was wondering if any of you who decided to come to this workshop this afternoon would be willing to bear their soul and say, what draws you to the darker characters? Shannon? I think sometimes they're more honest about some of the worst parts of society than heroes are. I actually have, oh, you'll have to hear me repeat those words <laughs> in about 10 minutes. Because <laughs> yeah. most people have all that darkness within them, we just control it. But at the same time, what happens if we don't? We become them. Very good. Yes. Most of the time, they're way more interesting than <laughs> To us. There's people out there that do not like reading about bad characters, and I hear from them quite often after they read my book. <laughs> yeah. Also, sometimes there's a real reason why they are the way they are. And we're going to talk about getting this. into yeah. that is a very interesting story. And that is my favorite sort of negative character arc. We're going to talk about a, a few different kinds, but that's my personal favorite. Like gangster. Yeah, exactly. And I have another one that's in the packet that we'll talk about. Sorry, her first one. Um, I find that. Uh, 
people with negative characters or characters with negative characters, they tend to be more free, I guess. They have less consideration, less things to worry about. So, you know, I'm going to do what I want, and it's fun to read about this. Well, a lot of times they are not imprisoned by morality, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, is that, does that kind of, yeah, no, it's, they can, they have a lot more freedom than people that actually have to take other people's into consideration. I'm sorry, but just one more. Uh, yeah, and that's what I was going to touch on, too, you know, Mil Milton's Lucifer, um, better to rule in hell. <laughs> okay, go on. Well, on the same token as that, the, the freeing thing, also, but, but they're often very vulnerable. And they, unlike most characters, have a really difficult problem recognizing their vulnerability. And they almost hate it, and it leads them to do things. So are, I don't know if they're free necessarily. I think outwardly, we see them as free. I mean, every character's different, but there's an inner dialogue that's all over the place. That's really interesting, and I would ask you to please try to remember that word vulnerability, because I have a list of different reasons why I think people do step through that doorway to darkness, and it's not on it, so could you bring that up when we get to it? I'll, it's, try, to I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember it. Um, go on, would you like to say one more thing? Oh, I just wanted to know if you had uh, seen the movie Joker yet, because judging from everything, I feel like that's the kind of movie you'd really like. So, as soon as I, as soon as I found out that I was teaching this class, I said to my husband, we have got to go see Joker, and somehow we never got it done. Um, we're going to talk about a bunch of characters. I wanted him to be in here. I hope that you uh, enjoy some of the ones that I chose, though. Um, I think Hans is going to be one of the most interesting. <laughs> Hans is, is going to be great. Uh, so, um, for me, I'll just give you my answer why it is that I'm drawn to darker characters. On the one hand, I have always felt, and this might tell you a lot about me, I have felt like it's cathartic to realize that other people make mistakes. I also feel like sometimes um, it's normalizing to realize that other people are imperfect. And sometimes I feel like tragedies can make us feel better about ourselves. They certainly educate us and make us question the world. But the, the biggest reason, and I believe it's um, this man over here in the KU sweatshirt said, is exactly that to me, it's real. And I'm a writer, and yes, I want to make a living like everyone else, but I'm also, I mean, you know, sometimes you do things for commercial reasons, sometimes you do them for artistic reasons. But if we're writers, there's probably times in your life when you want to write something that is truly honest. And what we know, for sure, is that the world is not thoroughly happy or thoroughly kind. And so if you're going to write honestly at some point in your life, you probably are going to write about somebody that didn't have a happy ending. Um, okay, so this might, oh, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to kind of clarify so I understood fully this idea of the negative arc sure. with the character. Mm -hmm. uh, you keep talking about it being a tragedy. Yes. But if we're talking about being real, often the negative character ends up being successful. And so my question is the morality of the book, or is that part of this negative character arc, or am I misunderstanding? That's well, not an option. Well, no, you know what? I feel in today's society, I think you're asking a really great question. That's not, the, the classic negative character arc ends right. in tragedy. Right. I feel like more and more, maybe we see something different happening. Um, I think that's a really smart thing to point out, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, it's it's also real. It's not exactly the, the, the structure that we're going to follow today, right. but you okay. know what? As we go through the different examples that I've chosen, maybe maybe we can find one that fits into yeah. that, There's possibly. A, or maybe you could find someone that fits into that. 
Okay. I, I <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, one could, but I, the reason I mention this, I've only read it in French. I've never seen these French mystery novels, which is my genre. Okay. But for an American, it was really tough because they'd have these extremely likable characters who did tons of horrible stuff who were really, you know, but, but they made themselves sympathetic to you. You felt they were real. And then in the last 30 pages of the book, you suddenly realize they're the killer. They're not. So the dangerous liaisons fall into, like, one of your no... Yeah, I, I suppose. Like I, I don't remember that well enough to know, but it's always such a shocker to review it in terms of reading a book and saying, wow, that's an ending you didn't see. And is it fun for you? Oh, I hate it. Unfortunately, I'm like, you hate it in a visceral good way? Like, I can't believe I didn't you see that coming. No, I'm a bit more in the way of why did I read? Well, because this is light. This is this is light reading. No, I read okay. it to learn how to write them. But you know, this is light reading, so I'm saying, oh dear, this is not. I mean, a tragedy you read, as you say, to to get catharsis, to realize this is the way of the world, to try to solve problems. But when you're in the mystery genre, it's often just a read when you're in the airport. Okay, well, so. I'll I'll use my book as an example. Yeah. Uh, you start off with a likable character who's sympathetic, and then she turns into a monster, but she gets away with it. But mm -hmm. it's still a tragedy okay. because okay. of the way. Uh, well, first of all, hopefully there will be a sequel where she, where she will get her comeuppance. Oh. She's um, she's lost her humanity. She's insane. Insane. She's does destroyed she her family. Does she know this? I mean, is it a tragedy if she doesn't know it? I think it's a tragedy if your family's destroyed and... Oh, yes, yeah. realistically outside, but when we're saying a tragedy, it's tragedy from the point of view of the reader, but not the character. You know what? Let's go through the characters and see if we can come up with one. I, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, what person is it? Oh, what uh, point of view is it read in? Um, it's, it, there's several points of view in the book. Okay, so um, is there withholding or un unreliable? There's an unreliable okay. narrator. All right, yeah. I did that. <laughs> it seems like in the last 10 years, since the time of Gone Girl, everyone wanted an unreliable narrator. And just so you know, this started off as a memoir, and I was asked oh. to turn it into a thriller and make the, the narrator unreliable. So I, I am actually the basis for the horrible monster. So I got to like, dig through a bunch of my own issues. Thank you, Jimmy. But I just want to throw it out there before we get going um, anymore. Uh, does anyone have a favorite villain? I know that Barella you are much of the Joker. Barella Deville. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah she's, she's not very... A, you're not a puppy fan, I <laughs> Oh, I'm a huge puppy fan. That's why she's my favorite villain. She's awful. I actually really like, uh, sorry to mention another DC character, but Two-Face's rendition from The Dark Knight, I thought, was really powerful. And are you writing something? Right if, now? Am I writing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm positive. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said, are you writing? Are you working on something? Do you have a work in process? Yeah, process? that's what I meant. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. I, but I, I'm only writing positive characters. So oh, okay. <laughs> well, that was the next thing I wanted to know. Um, is anybody working on anything that includes a negative character arc? Because I was going to talk to you about structure. Okay, we've got three people. That's mm -hmm. great. Some of you guys might change your minds. So we can talk. Um, if you're working on something um, where structurally you need to start off with a character that is likable, one of the things that you're going to need to do in the first act or above the first act turn is you're going to have to identify their weakness. What is the thing that causes an ordinary person to step through? And I, I, coined, I thought I coined this phrase myself. I was like, I'm going to call it the doorway into darkness. I'm sure somebody came up with it before. But this just makes sense to me because there's always, I think there's always a point in time when you have a choice. You can... Stay positive, 
still be good, or you can look at that temptation. You can you can turn it down, or you can step through. And so that's why I've called this uh, this workshop the Doorway to Darkness. And I've identified at least in a lot of the works that I've recently enjoyed that there are there's a lot of doorways to darkness. And I would love to hear from you guys what you think. But I've written down a few, and they're they're pretty obvious: power, greed, ambition, which you know, maybe fame, um, jealousy, revenge, delusion, which is, you know, madness. Uh, I wrote down lust, and as I was going through the presentation, I realized that I missed out there, that it should probably say lust or love, because I think people step through that doorway for love sometimes, too. And then, who was it that said that the one is where you sympathize with the people? That's desperation in my mind, and that is my favorite step through the doorway to darkness. Desperation. Desperation, but you're saying that's when you have sympathy for other people? Okay, well, I'll give you an example in a minute, but if you have a character who, for example, let's say it's a single mother, and she has a sick child, and she's desperate, and she steps through the doorway to darkness only for one reason, and it's to save a child, then I... I I have empathy for that character, at least at the beginning. I don't know how far she's going to go, but um, those, those are the ones that affect me the most deeply. So the next thing structurally that you're going to want to do after you figure out, um, well, first, who your character is, what their doorway to darkness is. By the time you get to the end of the third act, you will have to understand what their tragedy is. And you know, as what you were saying, maybe you have, do have somebody who ends up being like financially successful, but what if their tragedy is the fact that they're alone? Or what if their tragedy is the fact that um, they hate themselves or they're insane? There, there's, I think there's probably different ways to do a tragedy with someone who doesn't actually mm-hmm. die or go yeah. to jail. Okay. Um, so some of the tragedies that I came up with are ending up insanity, uh, turning to crime, addiction, desolation, which um, I think is also banishment or maybe imprisonment. And anywhere that you look uh, reading about tragedies, they're going to tell you that in the third act, you're going to find the stench of death. Mm-hmm. And so very often, um, negative character arcs end in death, tragedies end in death. And that death can be murder, suicide, war. Mm-hmm. So um, so uh, let's turn to the, the handout for a second. And we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're all going to together, we're going to deconstruct a few very um, popular or famous negative character arcs, and we're going to talk about um, what the author did and what you think of the story. Um, I've tried to choose different genres. There's about eight examples that we're going to talk about. I know we're all (laughs) different ages and we probably have different tastes, so there's some crime, there's some fantasy, uh, lots of different stuff. But we're going to start um, with Walter White. So everyone turn to the page of Walter White. All right, so as I said, I know not everybody is going to know every character we're talking about, but how many people do know Walter White? I think there's probably a lot of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just joking around with a young lady that I met at an earlier panel saying, like, I, you know, I love Walter White. It's not really appropriate to say, like, I love Walter White. Walter White turned into a very violent drug kingpin. But... I still, I still love this character. So, there's three main points that we're talking about. We're talking about who they were before, 
the doorway to darkness, and how the story ends. So, um, since, since a lot of you all have watched Breaking Bad, let's talk about Walter White for a second. He's, who was he before? Science teacher. Yes. Anything beyond that? Father. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Failed entrepreneur. Yep. Failed entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And on top of it. <laughs> that was later. <laughs> oh, did you? Is that where yeah, I did a run the car wash? This is what I remember about Walter White is his like cardigans and his like loose pants and the way that you know he just wasn't very imposing. He wasn't scary to his students. Nobody really respected him. He was an ordinary man. He was a nice man. And let's not forget that his wife had a baby on the way. He had um, an older son with cerebral palsy, medical bills. Those writers who came up with this were creating a really perfect elevation to knock someone down. Because who's not going to have sympathy with the science teacher in this situation? And then, I'm not going to say this is the doorway to darkness yet, but can, we, can anyone tell me what the next plot point is? Cancer. 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 He finds out that he's dying of cancer. So, this is what brings us to the doorway to darkness. And in this case, and I don't mind if anyone wants to disagree with me, there are no right answers. I mean, these, these, these uh, character structures are open to lots of opinion. In my opinion, the doorway to darkness for Walter White was desperation. Because he was desperate to figure out a way to take care of his family after he was gone. And I sympathize with that. Here's the thing. He stepped through that door, and then there's a long tunnel, right? He got a long tunnel of darkness. And the first thing that happened, I think, is he realized that he was good at cooking methamphetamine. And that made him ambitious. And I think then he realized how much money there was in cooking methamphetamine. And that made him greedy. But then, when he realized that he was as powerful as the Mexican drug cartels, then he had a lust for power. Yeah? He even took on a, a different name. Do you want to tell us what it is? I better write it down. I can tell you. Uh, the scientist. Um, <laughs> you got it. Yeah. When I was trying to remember, I hadn't seen the show in a long time, and I was like, was it Otto Van Bismarck? <laughs> no, it was Heisenberg. Um, he renamed himself. He literally built an alternate identity after he went from being lovely to being a murderer. He murdered. Uh, there were a lot of um, uh, overdoses due to his drug production. Um, he and Jesse ended up being involved in a lot of crime, and does anyone want to tell me the final tragedy for Walter White? He dies, right? finally saving Jesse. Yes, he does. Which is a, a little bit of a redeeming yeah. element there. Not much, but a little bit. Uh, yeah, and we have another character where we're going to talk about that. I love that little bit of redemption at the end. I find that really satisfying. Mm -hmm. One thing to remember about it, um, they cleverly gave him the desperation, which makes you um, sympathetic. sympathize with him. Mm -hmm. But he also had a really um, nasty trait. He, he had a really bad chip on his shoulder against his former uh, business partner. And so jealousy, I think, is almost equal to desperation and his motive. Oh my gosh, yes, his former business partner who had done so well. I've forgotten about that. And the business moment. partner, was a de it turned out, be a decent man. Walter was the one who was unstable. That's but. a great point. I haven't remembered that. Thank you. Thank you. I want to point out one last thing about the tragedy that I think is really sad about this is that um, not only does he die, but 
this entire story is about him trying to save his family, and what did he ultimately do? He destroyed it. But here we go, a villain who destroys his family, and yet I'm feeling emotional about it, and I still care about him. I think it's a great story. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This one I was just trying to choose a different genre. I know it's a little obscure, but this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It might be that not as many people have seen it because it's from the early 2000s. Darren Aronofsky, Black Swan. Anybody? Oh yeah, all right, awesome. Okay, so the character we're talking about is Nina Sayers. You've got two pictures over here. You can see that in the first one she's a very innocent princess looking ballerina. Um, would anyone care to tell me? You, I know you each have like a very brief pointer about each character, but if anyone wants to say a little bit more, do you remember well? Yeah. Yeah, of, of the doorways. I, I think it was desperation and ambition. She wanted to be the best um, Odette Odile in, uh, in history, in the ballet world. I would like to add one to yours. I think you're absolutely right. But, so she was talented, committed, and she wanted to be the best ballerina in the New York Ballet Company. And what was the plot point that happened at the first act turn? Her rival arrived. Yes. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. another young lady arrived who was, let's, I'm not going to say just as good or almost as good or a little better. Let's say that they were in the same ballpark. She was a very different personality. And the competition was who was going to dance Swan Lake. And the director of the ballet company thought that Nina was good for the white swan. This other lady was going to be better for the black swan. And so he had to choose which one was going to be able to do both roles. So Nina, go ahead and tell me the two doorways to desperation again, or, or doorways to darkness, desperation. Well, they developed a strange relationship. Yes, they did. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the black swan uh, ballerina, with her personality, took her to all the nightclubs and had, had her drinking and, and almost um, sabotaged her career. And her mother also was sabotaging her career. You know, that she got sick before she was to debut in the role. And then she said, oh, she's too sick to do this performance. So she had a lot of characters around them who, who were trying to undermine her. So I think um, we could also throw in delusion. So, so Nina Sayers is a, a young ballerina who is doing fine. Maybe not fine, probably having some challenges. But she's obsessive. She's ambitious. The doorway opens. She's like, I'm going to follow my jealousy and rage. I'm stepping through here, and everything is going to unravel and get worse. But also, there's an interesting mini-arc dynamic with the Winona Ryder character. Yes, there yeah, is. That one, yeah, that's incredible. They didn't even need to add that, but it just made it all the better. Do you, do you, what do you think happened in that hospital when she went to go see Winona Ryder? I don't know. I don't know either. Okay, <laughs> you should watch the movie if you haven't seen it, it's fabulous. Um, I'm not quite ready, I want to talk about, who wants to give a guess about the tragedy here? It's not, it's not too out there, it's probably pretty easy. She goes crazy. She goes crazy, she goes completely crazy, and in the end she decides that she's going to murder her rival because her jealousy, rage, and delusions have gotten the best of her. But what happens when she attacks her rival is she ends up hurting herself. And so then she takes the stage and goes out to perform the Black Swan and she dies on stage. It's a crazy movie. Yeah. It is a wonderful movie. I recommend it. And, and it's a, an, an incredible example of the negative character arc because she goes from you know, lovely and likable to being, as you can see in the picture, this like 
frothing at the mouth, like jealous. Why are her eyes red? Yeah, I'm gonna ask that. Well, this is a this is a photo that was taken off the internet. Um, I think. Well, she's also insane. <laughs> well, you know what? They did a lot of interesting graphic and yeah. cinematography elements. She might have actually had red eyes yeah. in the movie. I mean, yeah. they did a lot of work. Yeah, she like, she, she sprouts wings yeah. out of her back and yes. she like pulls pieces of her body off. Yeah. 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 I have one. Okay. So, I have yeah. one question, because yeah. I haven't seen the movie, okay. so I'm going to go out and see it. Right? You're not? Right. It, oh, you are going to. I am going to go see it. It sounds fantastic, but my question is for you as someone who specializes in negative arcs, if she didn't die on stage, would it lessen the authenticity of the, of the book, or would it make it a less striking negative uh, character arc. Okay, let me ask you this. Let's say she didn't die on stage, but is she okay. still she, in a bad relationship with her mom and consumed she, by she jealousy would go to and, the mental and hospital. she's... Uh, she would be taken away in, in, in something at the end. No, I think it would still be a tragedy. It would, yeah, okay, yeah. so it wouldn't... Especially, like, if you, you tried to kill somebody right. and end up almost killing yourself, I feel yeah. like that's... Oh, I feel it's a tragedy, it's a too. Fall. But I'm, I was asking about does the fact that this negative character arc ends in death, does that make it stronger? Oh, it doesn't always have to end in death. Okay. We're going to have an example here where it ends. Mm -hmm. uh, wait until we get to the Frozen example. They, okay. they don't all end in death. Sometimes they end in... Um, I didn't think that was negative arc. <laughs> let's talk about that when we get there. Are you thinking of Anna, Elsa, or Hans? I'm thinking of Hans. I didn't think it was okay, a negative well, arc. Then you and I will, will, will discuss that when we get there, okay? okay? I look forward to it. All right. Well, it's very similar to Black Swan in a lot of ways, but... Um, I think that's a... That was a split personality movie. split personality might have a negative, but I think it's a positive character arc. Um, it's, the, the arc is positive, I feel. I, feel. Mm -hmm. I mean, he goes from like a normal guy to blowing up buildings to switch to the terrorists. Well, it depends how you look at it. I mean, is he happier in the end? It depends how you... What movie I haven't seen Fight Club. Fight Club. I, haven't, I haven't seen it in a long time. I know that it's Brad Pitt and Ed Norton, and I can't remember for the life of me their names in um, Chuck Powell's dad's book. Well, one is just Jack. He's not doesn't have a real name, and the other one... Um, oh. Jack is the Edward Norton character. We don't know his name. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I think about that. In this case, there are two women, and one is jealous of the other. In the case of the Fight Club, they're the same person. Right. So I'm not sure, I can't remember if somehow he's able to redeem himself at the end or he becomes a better person. Well, he, he okay, at the end, he's he's done what he accomplished. He has a girl. He, it's, it's positive. <laughs> Then he's got everything he wants, and, and it is supposed to be a better world because he blew up all the credit card companies. So I he, love that. In his in his idea, I mean, it's it's happy. Yeah, I was interested in about your yeah. take on the Black Swan, yes, for example. So. Is that when I saw the movie, um, I thought that uh, the you know, the white swan, pure ballerina, that she was doing everything she could uh, do to be evil like the black swan so she could play the role better. I think that in the beginning, well, this is just my opinion, but I think in the beginning she was like, I'm the white swan, but I can play the black swan. And then this other girl shows up and she's like, I'm the black swan. <laughs> and she was like, okay, so I'm really jealous of you and I'm ambitious and I want to be the best one, so I'm going to be evil too and I can be more evil than you can. I can do all of the things that you do, the drugs and the nightclubs and all of that stuff. 
um, I think that was part of the decision. Yeah. I think she might have been fine if Mila Kunis had a show to <laughs> steal the show. Because <laughs> um, Mila Kunis steals the show. Yeah. Like, she like, did. If you, yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming that because this is a library and you guys are all interested in reading and writing, that there is somebody here who can lead the discussion on Macbeth. I would love it if anybody would like to oh, take I that. Can, um, uh, uh, what's up these stories? Well, some of it might be delusion, also ambition, I would say, is the biggest one. For um, sure. Don't forget, him. Power but, and Reed, he wanted to be the king. And, yeah, and there's a prophecy, and, and everything builds him up for that. So, I think that's the doorway. So, let's start, let's do the three points, and I think you're absolutely right. The beginning is you start with character. And the character of Macbeth is he's a nobleman, he's a soldier, and he's faithful to the king. He's also married to Lady Macbeth, who at the beginning we don't really have a full understanding of what she's capable of. Some three witches declare a prophecy that he's going to be the next king of Scotland. Hmm, I don't think the prophecy is the doorway, but I think the thoughts that they start having are, which is, oh, I could be the king. I can have all the power, all the money, and then, this is something that I came up with after I prepared it. I mean, he loves his wife, and his wife is egging him on, and egging him on, and egging him on. I think that's part of the, the cross into the doorway, too, right? Because if you have someone who's coercing you to do something that's bad, and you love them, you're probably far more likely to do that. And I find that a little bit sympathetic. It's not as sympathetic as desperation in my mind. Okay, so... Um, so it's like... Um the evil thing whispering in your ear, that like stress, could stress also be? Yes, and you should, I mean, I'm, that's what I was saying. These are just a few. I think that there are many reasons to Expectations. step Expectations? Yeah, okay. and you're the one that mentioned vulnerability, right? right? You've got a lot, you know a lot of them. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I would see her as this evil thing sitting on his shoulder. I think he's hearing what he wants and is going to go forward. I don't think she's driving him at all. He's just using her as an excuse. Okay, so you okay? I I all right. I feel like she did coerce him a little bit, or do you think that I he think was just interpreting said, her in yeah. the way that he wanted? I think to she see. spoke her mind, and then he went, "Hmm, you're right. Maybe I should go do that because it's like when uh, it's like when I ask the kids, hey, do you guys want to go get pizza tonight for dinner? They're like, hmm, yeah, pizza would be good. When they're really like, yeah, I really want some pizza right now. I just need someone to tell me I can go do it. Okay, so, so she, she basically gave him permission. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, Macbeth also is interesting in that I feel like madness t is a part of so many of these stories, and this is what this is what I think is that once you've taken the step through the door, maybe it wasn't because of madness, but once you started down that way, that madness starts to possibly take a hold of you and becomes a bigger and bigger reason. So I mean, the first the first bad thing that Macbeth does. After that, he becomes even more evil. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. That's because he started out as kind of a, a, such a noble character to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I have to disagree about Lady Macbeth because there's a okay. line in there. With me or with this young yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Um, I think they were equally complicit. I didn't line. say she wasn't complicit. I just get tired of people saying she's the reason he went bad. No, I, and, and, okay. She, well, that, I agree with that. They're both, that. they're both equally. You know, when she when she tells him to screw his courage to the sticking post, that's basically, are you a 
if you don't be a pussy, do it. You know, it's it's a. It's always a good workshop where people can disagree. I love it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like I said, there's no wrong answers. She could, she's pushing his buttons. But at the same time, you could have said no. Um, I could have. Certainly. But it's, it's hard to say no to your wife, especially when you're in that position. And a problem. And which the, is, I mean, just sounds, sounds yeah. good to you, too, yeah, to exactly. be the king. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to spend too much time on the tragedy here because it's not too complicated, but um, his wife dies. He dies. Ironically, he's killed by somebody. Um, what were you just saying? That he had been a nobleman who really was a, like a good person. He was a mom, yeah, he was so a he was soldier. killed by someone who was exactly the person that he had once been. Exactly. So he lost his humanity. He lost his family. We once again. Yes. Well, I have a thought, and it's odd to connect Macbeth to something that's so in the news. But I'm thinking of the young girl who was just found guilty of causing her. Uh, Boyfriend's death over yeah texting. Yeah. So we've got two characters: the boy who committed the suicide and the girl who's emailing. They're both negative character arcs, as far as I can see. But which one is, if you're looking at it from the point of view of the writer? Uh, and I'm thinking of it in terms of Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, who's the causal agent and who's not. So that's an interesting. They work in tandem. So maybe there's two negative arcs. Really? Oh, sure, yeah. Coming across. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't know what types of teenagers they were before they got into this relationship. If he was perfectly well adjusted and she no. was lovely was and everything was fine, and then the two of them got together in order to end in this horrible tragedy where he's mm -hmm. dead and she's in jail, I would say that would just be a dual negative character. Yeah, arc. dual negative character. But you had a point? Well, to me, if it was from the guy's perspective, the girl almost feels like this outside force. Like, it would be more in his head, and she's kind mm -hmm. of, I guess, for lack of a better word, I want to say, like, moving the, the plot of his arc forward yeah. more than being an actual character involved. That's what she would think, too. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a really difficult place to discuss. It's really, it's so sad. Yeah. It's it's easier to discuss fiction than the things that happen in real life. All right. So this next one, I'm hoping that we have enough different personalities and opinions in the room that we can have a slight bit of controversy. Um, Daenerys Targaryen. I actually am a Game of Thrones fan, um, but I also I read the books. And then I watched the show, and before we discuss it, my husband pointed out like three times, he was like, you need to make sure they know <laughs> that you understand that George R. R. Martin, R. R. Martin did not actually complete the negative character arc because Daenerys' story is not finished in the books. But the showrunners, they decided that she was going to have a negative character arc. So we're going to discuss the show today. Um, is there anybody who's not familiar with Daenerys? Okay, that's all right. That's all right. You can, you'll, you'll still you'll still understand it. Um, we've got two pictures of her here. For some reason, the one on the right is kind of hard to figure out, but that is her riding a dragon into Westeros and destroying the entire city and killing all the innocent people. On the left, you have her as she began. Which um, who would like to describe Daenerys from like the one of the first from the first season? is the 13-year-old girl being sold off by her brother to save the kingdom. I mean, she was very innocent, very naive. And That's book, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah, 13 in book. 13, yeah, she's 13 yeah. in the book, I think, over 13. Yeah, the actress may not have been 13, but we can still yeah, say that right. she, was, she was an innocent princess who was um, abused by her brother and uh, sold into uh, she sold to be the wife of Khal Drogo, who is the Dothraki king. Um, 
her husband was murdered, she lost her child, mm -hmm. she saw scores of people killed that she cared about, and through all of this, and this is the thing, I, okay, I have a husband who will debate me on this to the end. I have one opinion, maybe he has his, so if anyone disagrees, I sided with her for 90% of the books and the series. Mm -hmm. yeah. I thought this is a woman who wants right. to free the slaves, mm -hmm. liberate the cities, she mm -hmm. wants to be a good queen, and my husband's point is, and in doing so, she also killed a lot of people. So she wasn't completely innocent. But, would anyone like to take a stab? That, that makes her no different than any other ruler in that entire world. Aside from mm -hmm. the fact she actually was trying to do some good with her. Well, that's why. she kind of had a right to it, too. Yeah. yeah. Or any other ruler, period. You know, rulers are not good people. They can't be. She tried to be for a while. I mean, I felt, I felt very strongly that Daenerys actually was a good character in the beginning. And I know that there's a lot of people that are like, no, she's the Mad King's daughter. She was mad from the beginning. No, but she's not mad from I liked the beginning. Her. So at what point did she step through that doorway and what caused it? I think we finally have a new reason. That was when her uh, translator got hung in front of her. That's what it is for me. There are some things that happened before. But for me, this step into the doorway was revenge. I yeah, think it was revenge. this desire for revenge. Yeah. Not just for Masande's decapitation. I'm sorry for the lady. I said I said it. I did say a bad word. <laughs> I told you it was going to be too violent. Um, revenge but, on Cersei? Yeah. Revenge on Cersei, revenge for Masande. Also, I think that Daenerys probably was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder from her entire life, and that a lot of the horrible things that had happened to her probably came back like, mm -hmm. this, that, this, mm -hmm. that, enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, my background is in film. My master's degree is in film. And so sometimes I like to talk about you know, the way things look cinematically. I was very interested in the scene when Daenerys watches Missandei killed yeah. because I feel like they showed on her face the switch yeah. from good to bad. So in my mind, another classic negative character arc, but there are a lot of people out there. And if you ever go on a Game of Thrones play message board, <laughs> Okay, we only have 10 minutes left, so you know what? I'm here, I'm thinking, I'm going to skip The Shining, because we all know what happened at The Shining, right? I mean, he was, yeah, I do want to tell people. The Lyric Opera is doing The Shining. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. All right, well, Jack Torrance, Jack Torrance started off as, like, an ordinary aspiring writer. He needed more writing time. He wasn't getting it. He moved to a scary hotel where he thought he was... Um, if in Stanley Kubrick's film version, it's kind of a supernatural being pulled through the doorway. In Stephen King's version, it's more of a man giving into his weaknesses, wanting to control his family, ambition of being a better and writer. Trying not to drink. Exactly. Yeah. The issue of addiction. All right, so let's spend a little time on Hans, because we have somebody here who wants to talk about it, right? You ready? <laughs> I, I don't okay. consider it as a narrative. Hans, Hans is one of my, um, well, first of all, even if you don't have kids, you probably might have already seen Frozen, right? Or there are a few people who haven't seen it. So you got to go see Frozen. <laughs> you gotta, do you have a list of movies to see when you walk out of here? Well, I do want to see Black Swan now, and I guess Game of Thrones, maybe. Frozen is really good, and um, it's, it's kind of a strangely adult film for children. Um, so... Wait, since you since you are a fan of Hans, or maybe not, not a fan, not a fan. I just said I don't quite see it as a negative arc. I see it as the really nice good guy who is thrown over for the the lower class other thing because the girl loves him. So what does he now do with his life? And so he he kind of 
suppresses the fact that he was not chosen and just goes on and acts naturally. I would have to argue with you that she never throws him over for What's the what's Christoph. the guy with the she doesn't throw him over for Kristoff. I will point out to you that there is a scene towards the end of the movie where she is dying in a dungeon and she is waiting for Love to save her life. Yeah. And Hans shows up and she says, Thank God you're here. Finally Love's true kiss and he says, Oh Anna, if only anybody loved you and walks away and leaves her to die. That means he's not besotted with her. Yeah. And that oh, no, no, no. He tries to kill her and steal her kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, okay, so this is what I wanted to say. It's not a classic negative character. It's a different character. Yeah, sorry, Rebecca. I don't see it as a negative character arc because I think he was that way at the beginning. That, okay, that is exactly what I was going to go with. Yes, thank you. Okay, so in my notes, I'm saying this is, the, this one is interesting to me because you do, the author did have to write a negative character arc because you have to love him in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. He shows up, he's handsome, he's charismatic, mm -hmm. he's a gentleman, he sings that like we eat each other, yeah. we finish each other's yeah. sandwiches song, <laughs> and she falls in love with him, and you fall in love with him as she falls in love with him, he's wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start to see a little bit of a change, right? But you don't really know till the end, you're absolutely 100% right. He is different from Walter White, who started off as a good person and ended up as a bad person. I believe that Hans walked into this evil to the core, and he manipulated us the entire time and showed his true self at the end. And that is slightly different, but I wanted to include this one because that's what I do in my book. And you do have to write a negative character arc. The aim of it is, is that you're fooling people. So then, really, when you think about the negative character arc in that kind of context, it's more about the telling, of the, or the, the revealing of the character, yeah. rather than who they absolutely were at the outset. Yeah. It's who people believe them to be, or they obviously were, and then it moves to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I saw some interesting stuff in the form of uh, an interview with the screenwriters, and I believe there was a novelization, too, that flushes this out. He actually comes from like a super broken family and that his father is like really abusive and no one in his life has ever has ever been happy and that that contributes a lot to the way the reason he is what he is. Well that's interesting. I mean I would have been well, Disney. Disney. They're going to psych uh, psychology. Empathy for a bad guy. Who's watched Cobra Kai? I haven't. Okay, um, do you remember the Karate Kid? Yeah. You get you get the background story of the uh, bad kid. The jerky oh. blonde? Yes. Yeah. No, you'll understand him a lot more. He was yeah. abused. It's better than the karate kid. It is so much better than the karate kid. The karate kid is awful. Cobra Kai is amazing. Yeah, Cobra Kai is, is amazing. All right, so I see that we only have five minutes left. So I'm just going to finish and say that with Hans, I like the fact that it's a Disney movie and there is no death or murder. I mean, basically he is humiliated and sent off the strap to a mast on a ship, hopefully to be in prison when he gets home. That's it, you know, it's for kids, so that, that's tragedy enough. Um, I think we can, Anakin Skywalker, unless there's anybody who really wants to, I'd love to try to just do this exercise really quickly with y'all. So turn your handout over to your blank page. I just want you to do three bullet points. First bullet point, write character. Second bullet point, write doorway. And third bullet point, tragedy. And just before you get going, I want to tell you that this is what you're about to do 
is something that every writer needs to do sometimes. Have you guys ever heard about your elevator pitch? Pitch? Yeah. Yes. Okay. If you do this correctly, you will have an elevator pitch for the project if you choose to write it. The elevator pitch is to try to tell somebody who you could sell your book to or your screenplay to in a couple of sentences what it's about. So just choose a character. You could be like me, my mom, um, a single mother, a policeman, a nurse, a politician. Just choose a character. Any character. And don't don't get obsessed about it. <laughs> Just a character that you might write a story about. Oh. Let's say you're a fiction writer. Yeah. you're doing this, I mean, basically you should do this for your film, and even if you're writing a positive character arc, right? If you're writing a positive character arc, you wouldn't be writing a doorway to darkness necessarily, but, but you would no, do a character. Villain. You need to know the character arc of the uh, villain in your life, in your story. I'm not sure I'm totally understanding what you're saying. Are we talking about are we talking about a negative character arc or just any story? I'm talking about like most stories that are positive character arcs, to fully develop the villain, you yeah. need to know their character arc too. Sure. Like I guess the reason I missed what you were saying is not every story has a villain in it, but if you have a, a story that it has a, a good guy and a bad guy, yes, you you should definitely do this. That would be really helpful. What I, what I think would be interesting would be to write a story, and it's probably out there at this point, probably, uh, but to focus on two characters and one's positive and one's negative, and see how they eventually cross each other, and kind of see uh, opposite Can I interest tickets. you in this book? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. What is the name of it? It's called Beautiful Bad, and it's HarperCollins March of this year. The world that she lived in. So, like, there's always some tragedy. And there's also just some amount of creativity. It can be your story. I mean, you don't have to write a, a super classical negative character. It can be. It can. It can deviate. Is she happy? At the end, is she happy? No, she's not happy. She knows that she is going down, and she is freaking out. But she did get away with it for the time being. It's like a simple plan. That he does get away. I saw that movie. You know what? Okay, I'm going to say that it's a little bit more like body heat. Remember when Kathleen Turner is like sitting on the beach and she thinks that everything's. I don't know. I'm hoping that Kathleen Turner ended up. The police ended up coming for her and catching her for that crime. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that the ending. It's, it's not a happy ending. Put it that way. I ordered your book. I'm going to start reading it tonight. Aww. And I'm like. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Who? We've only got a couple of minutes, so I can only take like three people. But let's hear like three people like a, a story. I hope that some um, really good ideas are spawned in here. Maybe someone will actually write this story. Who's willing to share? All you have to do is say, my character so-and-so steps through this doorway, and this is what happens. Okay. Yeah. Quilter, um, she wants to win awards and write books. She finds a trunk full of heirloom quilts. She passes them off as her own and... Bravo! I mean, that's awesome, and that's so creative, it's, and it's no. so unique. I mean, I, I know, I love it. I, I mean, you should write that. Who would buy that book? I would probably like. You know what? It does remind me of a Melissa McCarthy movie that was out there last year, where she actually had to. Oh, it was so good. The writer, and she you know, did what? the letters. I'll let you talk yeah. about it. Writer, yeah. 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 Oh, oh, that's the name of 
tragedy if the person is like, I'm, I'm happy, everything's great, and nobody died, and nothing horrible happened. No, I mean, if they if they decide to do something horrible and just get away with it, and there's no ramifications, I mean, I guess you're saying the... the well, there the, are ramifications. He's alone. He's, he's alone, he loses, he loses everything but his power, his greed, and his control. There are ramifications, it's just that since he's a narcissist, he doesn't see it. It, it, it's hard for me to imagine. Um, I don't know in that case. That's a, that's a really difficult one. Does anyone else want to weigh in on that? That sounds like a book that like you would reveal that he's a narcissist at the end, and then you have to reread it to kind of like get that. Mm. All right. I'm so sorry. We might have time for one more if anyone's really wanting to share. But other than that, I think we're done. And uh, Tyler is the name of the other guy. Oh, yeah. Tyler. Tyler. And what is the name of the other one? Not Tyler. He Jack doesn't have a club. Oh, he doesn't have a I couldn't finish Fight Club. It's, oh. <laughs> it's too weird. If you watch the movie, the movie is really good. I should, I should. Thank you all for coming. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.